Broadcasting from Carbondale and Southern Illinois' premier comic shop. And now your host, superlative shaman of comic book knowledge, Dan Brown. Flash the mat signal in case of emergency for your host with the most on his mind, Matt Morton. Watch out, criminals. There's nothing funny to him about truth, justice, and the American way. It's Commander Harris himself, Scott Reed. And tuning in from the far reaches of no man's land, the mad scientist dream leader, Mike Ho. This is Campus Comics Cast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to an extra special, we hope, edition of Campus Comics Cast, coming to you as usual from inside Campus Comics here on Main Street in Carbondale, Illinois. I am uh, your host, as usual, for the most part, Mike No, owner-operator here at Campus Comics, and joining us tonight, except for our special guest, go ahead and introduce yourselves. We got Matt, Scott Reed, and Dan Brown. And for this, which, believe it or not, we're going to hold back until and make the timing right, right, Scott, to make this the 50th episode, episode 50. of the Campus Comics cast. And I don't know how about uh, you guys. Do you guys ever think we'd be doing this 50 episodes in? <laughs> no. Yeah. I just I just like that this will effectively be like we're in a time machine. It's like, yeah. this is the voice from out of the past. Yeah. And we don't know when we're going to air this. Right. So, guys, right now... Uh, the aliens have not landed. No, no one's gone okay. back in time yet, but who can say who when it airs? Say. I really yeah. didn't think I'd be doing this for 50 Oh, yeah, you thought sure. we might be going. Yeah. yeah. No, I thought I, I was going to get shut down after one because I was fairly certain I'd say something that offended somebody. But <laughs> <laughs> here we are. We well, know you, you have. Man. Nobody's <laughs> listening. So, yeah. 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 Right. Or they're like, yeah, I know that guy. He's always yeah. like that. Except Mike Latches, and he's the only one who listens. Or, oh, so. yeah. <laughs> and we need to mention that, too. He couldn't be here. And Tyler as well. You know, Shh, they couldn't be here. You know, the other guys that have been involved with the podcast to at some point been on it, but they're here with us in spirit, you know. I feel like we're doing an Academy Awards Friends We Lost along the way. Right, yeah. <laughs> like we're exactly. gonna this. They're not dead. They're right. just not here. Yeah. And I call I let I let Atchison know last night that we were doing this and he was supposed to shoot I said, send me a question you want me to ask Dennis, you know, when we're on it and everything, so you'll be here in spirit. I didn't hear from your brother. I didn't hear from your brother. That's right. There you go. Spoilers, sorry. I just blew it for everybody. <laughs> But anyway, the special, the aforementioned special guest that uh, we yeah. talked about is uh, the one, the only, Dennis McCord. I'm sure everybody that's listening knows Dennis, the founder and uh, creator, as it is, in uh, comics mogul and czar of Southern Illinois, Dennis McCord, who started Campus Comics back in 1983. Is that yeah, correct, Dennis? 83. Yep. 83. All right. The other thing we want to mention before we get going is... Uh, also premiering with this super bonanza 50th episode is we're going to use our our uh, new intro for the first time and that Presumably is you already heard it yeah you, yeah <laughs> yes. there you go you're wondering so you, what that was, was yeah. before we started talking <laughs> well now some information about that and we'll have more information in a future episode but uh, we want to thank uh our aforementioned friend tyler wright and his friend deppy and scott has some info about that about the uh the intro that you heard. All right, so the new intro is provided by uh, Mr. Deppie, uh, recording and mixing, uh, Deppie, D-E-P-P-E, and they're going to be providing lots of different services, uh, writing, recording, producing, arranging. They'll do jingles, themes, record and or perform voiceover work. So for all of you uh, uh, 
uh, animators who need voiceovers. There you go. Exactly. Write dialogue for voiceovers and or commercials as well as produce, record, mix, um, edit, audio commercials, music, audio for video, text or email for inquiries. Uh, they'll do phone calls, you know, after you get acquainted. Uh, you can reach him at mr.deppy72 at gmail.com or by phone, which is 618-317-6637. And they, of course, will certainly at some point have a presence on social media. So just remember, Deppy is spelled D-E-P-P-E. Mm -hmm. And so, like Scott said, anybody that's doing any, any kind of project whatsoever that you need some sound mixing or some... As you heard, quite quality production done, you know, that these are, those are your guys to reach. They're great to work with. Now, that's not the phone number from Stranger Things, is it? I don't think so. Right. <laughs> if it is, hey, out of my hands. We just gave us the number. Just use the number he gave us. So, anyway, I thought it would be really interesting. Like I said, uh, Dennis is here with us. You want to say, hey, Dennis? Hey, Dennis. <laughs> Very good, as we would expect. <laughs> But um, like I said, Dennis did start the store back in uh, 1983, and most of you do know if you came in, you know, to Campus Comics, you know, from 83 on till about 2016 when he retired, um, you know Dennis well, and uh, we just thought it would be kind of interesting for everybody. We're not sure that uh, really everybody knew the history of Campus Comics and just the different kind of things and the different changes that it went through over the years, and we just thought it'd be kind of a a cool thing is uh, to look back and kind of get the history of campus comics and get Dennis's perspective on a lot of different things. So we're just going to ask some questions here. Anybody want to start? Scott, you got some stuff? Well, I think the most basic question you ask anybody who is involved with comic books is what was the first comic book you ever read or remember reading or your earliest comic book memory or both? Well, uh, I started enjoying comics bef well before I could read. My, my folks were very uh, generous in allowing me to pick up comic books when I we went to the store. And I knew all the characters. Uh, my favorites were Westerns and the Walt Disney books, mainly the, the Duck books. And uh, I would be staying around a rack looking at all these and, and pointing out, I want a Donald Duck, I want uh, uh, Tex Ritter. And, and <laughs> one of the ladies came up to, to my mom and said, he can read all that. He said. She said, "No, he just he just loves comics and he knows all these characters and he knows what he wants." <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. I don't want to hog it. I oh, got a yeah, whole list yeah, of yeah. questions, oh, but yeah. somebody somebody else got so, it. So yeah. So um, what made you decide you wanted to do this for a living to start a comic book stuff? Because it, it wasn't very common back in '83, was there? To no, be it was. A... It was right at the basically. It only been the the uh, direct distributing. It only started about. A year before I got into it, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, I had been working with the university, uh, uh, and my job got canceled out, and I found out about it, and uh, uh, it, there was a distributor in in uh, Steelville mm -hmm. called Glen Glenwood Distributing. Okay, and uh, you didn't have to have they they didn't care who came in. You you didn't have to have any papers on a store or anything <laughs> like that. So you just go in and browse and buy things at a uh, wholesale value, and and they had uh, mostly uh, the 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 mainstream comics that were uh, you know on all the racks from uh, other places, but they also had some direct market type of things that nobody else could get. So that was what kind of made uh, that thing feasible to people. Okay. Said, oh, I can get things that 
you're not going to find it at the grocery stores, the mom and pop stores. So Glendale Distributing, was that like a comic Glen, distributor or did they do all kinds of no, they like, were just, publications? They're just mostly comic distributors. They, they did portfolios and things like that with okay. comic book artists and things uh, of that nature. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So d d you didn't grow up in the Carbondale or Southern Illinois area, did you? Uh, no. Uh, I, I was born in Texas. I moved to Jacksonville, Illinois, and then I moved to Carbondale in 75. Oh, okay. All right. Interesting. Matt, anything? No, I was going to ask. So when you got into the shop, like, what was the landscape of comics looked like at a time? So I know, obviously, Marvel and DC were still, uh, I think most people would have a pretty good idea of what 1983 Marvel and DC books looked like. Mm -hmm. um, it's pre-crisis. It's, you know, you still think of a lot of fairly notable creators working on the books that you remember them as being associated with. But what did the non-Marvel and DC look like? I can't remember, and this is something I probably would have learned from you when I worked here, like what were creator-owned and indie books and things look like? What would have been the things that you would have got that were direct market-only kind of books? Well, uh, actually, I, I think Marvel was one of the first ones that actually just decided to, to test the waters on that, and they, they put out a couple of books uh, that were only available through the direct market. And, uh, you know, I, I remember Kazar was one of them that they tried out, and, mm -hmm. I, and I can't remember the other one. Uh, but... Uh, it was pretty neat because you, you know you, it was a little bit different and um, nobody else could, had ever seen these before and we put them in a glass case and huh. uh, people said where did that come from? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, well, yeah, we can only get it here because <laughs> that's pretty interesting because we were talking about the direct market was it was a new concept because I think everybody here I bought my comics like. On spinner racks mm -hmm. at drug oh, yeah. stores, at grocery stores, grocery there store. wasn't such a thing as a specialty comic book yeah. store, you know. I remember the other one now was Moon Knight was the other Moon Knight. Oh, oh yeah. interesting. Yeah. Huh. Very cool. Very like cool. The, the, you know, unified, oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. There you go. But uh, so... Were you were you married at the time you decided to go into this? Yes. <laughs> Bravo. Did, did you stay married? <laughs> My wife is, was always very supportive, uh, and I would have never been able to do it without her. She had a, a, a real job. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that that's amazing that you were able to do that, and that she just hey, I lost my job, and you know what I want to do is open a store that does nothing but sell comic books. And she's like, you go for it. That's pretty brilliant. Awesome. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah. you know, not to get too personal, was it that smooth? Uh, was she that cool with the concept from the start? She was. Yeah. She was. She was always been very supportive of anything I ever wanted to do. Yeah. And mm -hmm. uh, I said, well, I'll do it for six months and we'll see what happens. Okay. And if, if it's not making us any money, uh, I'll find something else. Mm -hmm. And then 1991 rolled around, and you looked really, oh. really smart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so now whenever you opened up, whenever you started the store, was it at the old location, 821 South Illinois? Yep. Is that where you were? Yep. Okay. Right where you saw me first. Right. Uh, we had uh, one glass case and one small rack and a oh, couple gosh. of boxes. You, of had, you had one-third of the storage? You have half the store then? 
I had about one eighth of the story. <laughs> <laughs> I remember you telling me there was a point where you had a third, and there was a point when you had a half. It and kept just growing. Kept growing. It kept growing. I wow. when, when I started coming in, I know J and J Coins was in there, and I think there was somebody else in there too. Oh, I think well, Tom he, was in there with it with that's the what campus I was saying. news. I thought, was, I thought Tom did, was he, in there. Oh, okay. And uh, then there was a place in the back which we won't talk about. That, <laughs> that, is, that is the uh, the the late Tom that uh, owned Book World that was next door. If you guys remember yeah. that, the, right. the big hole that was on the wall that went yep. in the other store that was yeah. Book World. The other side. Okay, so that Tom was there at the time already, and he yeah. was Campus News pre Book World. He yes, was Campus yes, News. Yes. Okay, just an old school yeah, newsstand. He, yeah, he, I know he didn't own Book World when I started going there because I used to come buy comics from Dennis mm-hmm. and then go next door to Book World and buy Star Wars role playing books from yeah, Jill. Yeah, that yeah, owned it yeah. then. Yeah, that was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Man, if I'd known there was other stuff over there, I'd have been very interested. But I did not. I was just like, where are the nerd things? Mm-hmm. Well, the thing about it with Tom is, is when we approached him about that, uh, and Keith, Keith, Keith Tuxhorn was my partner at that time when we opened Oh, up. you had a partner when you started? Yes. yes okay. We yes. Uh, uh, we approached him about um, maybe running space if, if he would allow us to sell comic books, and we could take over his comic book part was the newsstand and also do the direct market thing, too. Oh, okay. And he thought about it and thought about how much money he was making on the comic book sales and how much rent we would be paying. He said, yeah, sure, go ahead and do that. <laughs> More rent than he was getting sales. Yeah, um, absolutely. Because yeah. <laughs> uh, those were a return thing, so he only got like, uh, you know, comics at that time, I think, were 35 cents. Okay. He probably got a nickel on every comic wow. book he sold. Okay. So, yeah, good paid him a lot more rent than what he was selling. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Which all of a sudden makes diamonds margins look great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it does. <laughs> so, back, back to that real quick. That was something, you know, I've been coming to Campus Comics since before I moved to the area. And I didn't realize, so I started working here with Mike, that you had a partner when you started. Mm-hmm. And that you, there was a second store for a while, right? Uh, yes. We, we opened a store in uh, Marion. Uh, Keith really wanted to get into that market and expand. Mm-hmm. He, he always had these big ideas of expanding things, and I was kind of wanting to just focus on the store we had, but mm-hmm. he, he convinced me that we should try that. Mm-hmm. How, long, how long did that last? Uh, probably about two years, I mm-hmm. guess. Maybe, oh, really? Maybe, maybe a little less than that, maybe a year mm-hmm. and a half. What years so, were you running those? Yeah, I'm always exactly. curious if they were there when I, when I started buying books from you would have been in... 91 I think mm-hmm. and like when I worked for you and you told me you had a second shop I remember always thinking was I buying books and I just didn't know it was there <laughs> all this time there could have been a second shop I was going to and I I mean I Dan you retweeted something the other day about what was your what was the first shop you visited yeah the first shop I visited was the only shop I've ever bought my comics <laughs> which is this one so I was like mm-hmm. oh yeah it's the place where I went it's the place where I worked and it's the place where I still go so it's like kind of blows my mind to think that there were other shops I could have visited during during the golden years of my youth well, there's a small sh- uh, shop uh, down in downtown Marion, uh, the, uh, and I can't remember the, the guy's name, but I, I spoke with him a lot. But he he was uh, in the comics for a long time. But he it was a bookstore. It's called the Book Exchange. Oh and, yeah, okay. And, and that's yep. the one that Greg Willard was yes. running till it went uh, till he decided to retire that. Mm-hmm. But uh, he was the one the original. Uh, comic book guy in this area as far as, as keeping oddball things and keeping them around for a while and be, you'll be able to back, you know, go through back issues and pick those things up. Mm-hmm. So I did uh, learn a little bit from him uh, but that was mostly a bookstore and it did, he did a lot of other things in there and it, uh, Keith thought we would make a pretty good uh, market over there and so we did open a store up uh, at the old, it was close to the old uh, uh 
Walmart uh, store over there. That first, oh, the first okay. Walmart that's a Rural there. King now? Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. King. Yeah. Yeah. And right. we, that and that they, narrows it down in this area. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Any closed Walmart is now Rural King. Yeah. <laughs> so, what were the years that you were I don't, I don't, don't really exactly remember. can't pin that down. I'd say it's somewhere around 86, 87. Oh, okay. So, it no. wasn't deep into when you yeah. had opened. Yeah. So, you yeah. opened in 83. So, yeah. just a few years later, yeah. you yeah. got to open the I think I'm a, I always assumed that it must have been during the boom years because, no. oh, of course, yeah. that's yeah. when you'd open uh-huh. a location. Sure. So, yeah. I don't know why I never asked you that yeah. during all the years we, that I worked for you, but mm-hmm. I just in my head thought, oh, it must have been like 92, 93. And then it could have been 85 for all I don't know. Oh, okay. It was fairly early because Keith and I didn't stay together for a long time. Okay, yeah, that was the next question. Well, I was going to say, that's crazy how your memory affects you because I I remember going to that store in Marion, but Uh I would have swore that it was in that strip mall where like the Ben Franklin was and stuff. That was, a, we moved. Okay, you oh, moved, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, all right, so yeah. then I'm not insane. Well, man, I am insane, <laughs> but, but, not about that. but not about that. <laughs> oh, okay, so that which was down. Yeah, so that's like where okay. the Fazoli's and stuff yeah, yeah. is, it was yeah. in that mall right. where the movie okay. theater in Marion right. used to be at. Gotcha. And, okay, so that was, okay, the second Marion yeah. store. Okay, good. And, and at that point, uh, we also uh, teamed up with uh, Kim, uh, that ran the record store, Plaza oh. Records, and mm-hmm. and JJ Coins and the baseball cards, and so we had three different shops in that one location. Mm-hmm. And oh, in Marion. In Marion, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, they they each of us had a section. Has a space uh, yeah, in yeah, there yeah, too. Right, right. And did you all have a space at in Illinois Avenue too here in Carbondale? Yeah, uh, the eight twenty one was yeah. uh, where uh, uh, I was at, and then uh, Kim just moved. Two doors over uh, mm-hmm. to, for the Plaza Records thing. So, okay. Yeah. All right. And J and J was in the same space, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They were. Yeah, we were back to back. We we, we kind of yeah. split that building. Okay. I, I know they were when I started coming in because my whole life when I when I got into comics in the boom year and we were in junior high, uh, all my friends were all into comics and we would go together and everyone but me thought the name of the comic shop was J and J Coins and so they're always like, oh, yeah. do you want to go to J and J and get comics and I would think no I want to go to Canvas Comics and get comics like who buys the comics from J and J does J and J sell comics but they thought because they were in yeah, like Dennis's yeah. counter mm-hmm. was like at one point butting up against pretty this. much yeah you could basically uh, like lean yeah. across you know uh, and it was always years later man when I worked here in the 2000s and I would tell friends I grew up with oh I work at the comic book store now and they'd be like at J and J and I'm like no guys like this has <laughs> It's ever been true. It's been 10 years. You should know this by now. Well, one of my favorite things is when we got our phone in and, and started getting calls into the, to the store, uh, most people realize, okay, Campus Comics, they sell, they sell comic books. It's like, yeah. But we get a, every once in a while, we get a couple of minutes. When's your next show? When's your next show? Because yeah, the comedy. What, what are you talking uh, about? Because the 80s and comedy said, You know, it's yeah. a comedy. Aren't you a comedy club? No, no, we're not a comedy club. <laughs> That's interesting. But that is a good name for a comic club. Yeah. There, there are you some out there, too. You do a stand-up uh-huh. routine behind the couch. Yeah. It's not. Strictly a comic, a comedy club, yeah. But yeah, there are. If you look up campus comics, a lot of times that's what you'll get. Is it's mm-hmm. a, it's a it's at, a college, yeah, college campus, college campus, Twitter comedy club, yeah, for sure, interesting. So when I first started going, I can't even put a time frame on it. It had to have been mid '90s, somewhere in the boom, yeah, somewhere in you know somewhere in there. It was about the time probably of the what was the years of like the Claremont Miller four issue Wolverine series. I'm thinking uh, that was early '80s, I believe. Early yeah. early. 80s. Or no, yeah, well, because that was that was those were like uh, fifty cent comics, and when I okay. first started, uh, the the comics I was selling was thirty five cents. Okay, so yeah, it's so only I think a it's year like, or two after that. It's mid eighties, okay. like eighty five, eighty 
96 yeah, or something yeah, like that. Like okay, well then, never mind, because I wasn't in that early. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got it right behind you there on the shelf. Oh, okay. Take yeah, a look okay. at it. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm well, curious right. now. Right. Right. Continue, <laughs> but I'm going to look this up. But, well, but I, when I went in there, it was like you and J&J, you know, and then Tom was over, you know, the book world was there. But that was all it was, you know, when I was going in. Yeah, that was how it was the first time I went to the store, too. All right. Well, I remember because, like, my mom had to drive me over. Right. So that oh, would have yeah. been 84, 85, even 86 that I started going to the shop on, Il- on Illinois, right? On yes. Illinois, uh, okay. Yeah. Now, for a time, you used to ship out books to, like, other bookstores in the area. Like, so, like, I grew up in El Dorado, mm-hmm. and there was Clark's Bookstore. I don't know if you remember this or not, but then you would you would ship books over to, or they'd come pick them up or however. Right. How, I mean, how many places did you provide well, books for like did, that? Uh, we did three, I think, and one was in Cape Girardeau uh, at the record store they had, and the one was there where you were talking about. And I'm trying to think. Nashville was the other one, which was crazy thing. Wow. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> was this just other stores that didn't want to just be deal with distributors, or uh, what was the story there? Well, they had they had bookstores, and we and Keith uh, again, he was the <laughs> the moguls thing going. He's like, we if we supply these guys with it, we'll be making a lot of money off of this, and and we'll you know, and it's like okay, we got you know we got to take those to them, and that's a long drive on some of us. Uh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. For very little money because still at that time right. you know things were between 30 cents and and 75 cents right and I, you know i don't remember exactly the yeah. time I frame on that but right oh. <laughs> my god wolverine was september of 82 82 wow <laughs> I, was, I was three <laughs> and i was off too i was like i think it's like 85 86 i, yeah, I remember I and i think you probably do too dan we're roughly the same age i remember the wolverine mini being in the past of comics but like not yeah. the real distance so when no. i got in you could get it Fairly, yeah, and I remember that being like mm-hmm. one of the first trades I remember right. seeing yeah. in a bookstore, mm-hmm. like Walden books. When or I picked something. this trade up, the, the foreword from Claremont yeah. is it says February '87. Yeah, and I was like, okay, so we're probably right. It's probably like '85. Yeah. So there you go. Like, wow, that's oh, crazy. It, it predated your shop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, not really. I mean, because I, I did, I did do it before we incorporated it to the campus yeah. comics thing. Uh, so I, I did get those uh, originally, and actually the distributors had those for a long time uh, in quantity, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. and, oh, and I would wild. sprinkle those into the bottom racks. Uh, you ima- <laughs> cover price. Can you get rid of them? Yeah. No, no, not, can you imagine being able to let people them? find something? Say, oh, look at what I found down here. Oh, I've got, got a Wolverine yeah. number one. It's oh, also yeah. just a friggin' trip to imagine being able to read. Order Marvel books. Right. Uh, yeah. Full yeah. yeah. stop. No. Just I could reorder Marvel books back then. Yeah. I haven't been able to do that in a long time. Yeah, so, wow. that's crazy. Much less a book that's like really that. That's really cool. Yeah. Oh yeah. It would have sure. been the that's... seventh printing and its twelfth variant cover. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's unheard of. Yeah, that's insane. Oh goodness. Well, so what are you've had at least? I know of at least one bigger celebrity that's come through the store. Mm-hmm. I mean, what are some of the celebrities that have come through the store? Uh, the really, I I don't remember too many celebrities. I, the the one that I I do remember most would would have been uh, the the Kiss uh, Gene, Gene Simmons. Simmons. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah he, he he came in through the back door. Uh, I, yeah, you know, yeah. I didn't really follow Kiss much, so I'd never really seen him without the makeup on. Yeah. And, uh-huh. But he's a big guy, long hair. That's a reason. He's came not in, particularly remarkable. He came in through yeah. the back, which is no, nobody really comes in through the back. Uh-huh. But he came in with the chauffeur, and, and he basically he let people know that in the store, and I didn't know it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, he came up, and he says he found the, 
the new issue of John Sable Freelance, which mm-hmm. was a Mike Grell book. Uh, <laughs> right. That was an independent. He said, uh-huh. you got any more of these books? I said, yeah, I got a bunch of them over there. And I showed them to him. He, he bought about 20 of those. Mm-hmm. And he left. And then uh, I, uh, Danny uh, Justin's son was over at the coin thing. He said, you know who that was? I said, it's a guy that likes John Sable. So he was my new best friend. Says, <laughs> wow. He will be John Sable guy. <laughs> and he told me it was like, son of a gun. Yeah, exactly. I could have charged him a lot more. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, goodness. The guy that likes comics so much, he puts his blood in him. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's right. Was that before or after that book? Do you know the, 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 the kids magazine? Yeah. That was yeah. before. Before, okay, yeah. all right. Yeah, <laughs> and and that I got to say, they the kids was I I know I was, was a huge fan of them, but I I really admired their their moxie and their <laughs> their initiative and and their love of his love at least of comics. Yeah. Oh yeah, well, for sure. Yeah. I mean, that was a perfect storm for me as an adolescent preteen. Was you know. Was, you know, superhero rock and roll stars. Are you kidding me? You know, they even had secret identities and never seen without their makeup and all that stuff. That was a know? brilliant, brilliant. Oh, it was amazing. <laughs> and frankly, crossing a generational gap because that's the first really big road trip we took when I was in high school was to see Kiss when they did a reunion tour with the makeup on. Mm-hmm. And we were like, no freaking way. We're going to go with the makeup on. Like, I'm not watching them look like just regular older people. <laughs> yeah, right. I yeah, want to see things get makeup. set on fire. I want to see, yeah. you know. And that did elongate their careers, I, I think, in a lot of ways. Because yeah, oh, they don't absolutely. look like they age if you're covered in <laughs> yeah. paint and a costume. And you're like, grease paint. looks exactly the same as I remember. And you can replace a guy. And you don't even know That's for right. sure. <laughs> That's true. Very true. Oh, goodness. So anyway, so at so as we move through time, so... Um, the mists are clearing now. That's yes. right. <laughs> so at, I know Matt's worked for you. I know. And I remember... Um, I remember Dave. Yeah. I remember John Balestro. Yeah. Um, I remember he who shall not be named. Yeah. <laughs> he left to open a competing store. Yeah, right? left to open a competing store. So what about what was the most people you had working there at one time? Uh, probably uh, had three people besides myself. Oh, okay. All right. Because All right. it was they couple of them were students and they can work very much so, okay so there would right. be four of us there, at times there'd be four people in there okay. trying, to, trying to get one customer to buy something right. <laughs> <laughs> that was the next question did it really demand that no it did not okay. <laughs> who was here when you started coming down? i guess i can't say his name okay i was here when that transition when i yeah. when i started coming in it was uh dave dave and john were here yeah. uh-huh. no no the first time i did go to the store it was before that and I maybe Dave. I'm not 100. percent uh-huh. Yeah, Dave was this, in there. That's before. before I moved down here. I was just my grandparents were already in the area, and I would come down to visit, and they took me to the comic shop. And so I do remember a couple other guys being in there before. I feel but like there was a, a fourth guy who I never saw very much, but oh, I know yeah. Dave and John and, and, mm-hmm. and uh, Dennis Roll here when I came in. There and was then, a second spitter though. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was one magic loogie, Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that was like the fourth time we've made a Seinfeld joke since we came right. in. None of them are recorded until now. Right. It's been a very Seinfeldian podcast so far, whether you heard it or not. Uh, oh, so very interesting. So, uh, so what? I mean, Dave at one point was actually store manager, right? Yes. Was he? Okay. Yes. All right. Yeah, because I kind of remember. I remember him. I think more than you. Whenever I would first come in yeah. and deal yeah. with somebody, it would be more with Dave. Yeah. Yeah. But Dennis always, you know, 
helped feed my addiction. I was never a big comic book buyer, but one of the cool things that, you know, Dennis, you know, got me back into a, helped get me back into a hobby. I, hobby I started when I was a kid, which was building model kits and figures. Yeah. I didn't get into the cars playing so much with the figures. And Dennis always, uh, he liked seeing the stuff I'd put together and painted. So we display it in here. This kind of segues into my introduction to campus comics and everything. But the cool thing about it was, is I don't again I don't know how many people are aware of that, but what it was like over ninety percent of the comic books that were printed at that time were printed in Sparta, right? Yes. So, uh, yeah, yeah, for a while there, yeah, yeah. They started farming out a little bit later, a little bit yeah. later, but yeah, yeah Sparta, yeah. Illinois, was Sparta printing, right? Yeah. And right. then right, and when I taught in Steelville, mm -hmm. a lot of my students parents or grandparents in some cases used to work there and when they would when they would find out I was a comic nerd I would always get my so and so used to mm -hmm. work in Sparta yeah. and we've got all these and they would like tell me how they had comics that came home from the printing presses yeah. and I always explained to them because Dennis had told me I never knew it until I worked for him um, how many comics were printed and like what a what a literally national hub of distribution yeah, yeah. if you look at and all the uh, dc comic books those yeah. were all if you look yeah. at the uh small yeah. print on the end first oh, right, page, print it's it's smart, 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 oh that's cool yeah. yeah so it was really crazy to then tell kids like look at this is how long that was running and this is how mm -hmm. many comics were printed there and right. it kind of blew them away to think that such a small i mean sparta is not like you know the tiniest town in the region but it's also you know it's, it's just, a, town, it's just right. a little rural town that's mm -hmm. got a little bit of industry in it but it's kind of crazy to think that it used to be yeah you know the if you that, and it had to been so, a major employer in the right, town that right, size. Yeah. And that's, that's thought, what I heard a lot of times, yeah. too, was, oh, uh, how many people got laid off oh, from that no, and uh -huh. just died. But it's kind of crazy to think that, you know, if you were a kid from one of those little towns, that there were people in opposite coasts looking at comic books and thinking, <laughs> where is this Sparta, Illinois, where they print the comics? <laughs> we all live there, like, you know, more yeah. or less. So it's kind of crazy. It's a mythical place. Yeah, yeah. To, the, to the point even that when they stopped doing that, DC did a series of reprints of books that had been printed there, you know, over yeah. the years. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah. I just like, so, I was going to say, just to finish up the Sparta stories, it's like, I remember every once in a while you'll get somebody who has a quote unquote collection yeah. of comic yes, books. Yeah. Yes. And what it is, is like whenever Sparta closed, their parents or whatever just hauled out long boxes of comics. I think you so mean those things fell off the back of a truck. Yeah, okay, maybe that's <laughs> yeah. what it was. And they were found. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you'll have like, they'll have like, I bought a collection that had like 30 copies of V yeah. for Vendetta, six, seven, and eight. It's yeah. like, yeah, those are, that's your collection. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody has multiple copies of that. Yeah. But, <laughs> Death of Superman uh, oh. was the one that I had a lot of people that worked at Sparta would bring in those over to me. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> because uh, yeah. It, everybody wanted that comic at the mm -hmm. time, and mm -hmm. it was a big deal, and I paid a lot of money to them for that and made a lot of money. Oh, yeah. That. Yeah. So let, let's talk about a foreign concept to anybody that's alive or has any idea of it, been inner workings of a comic shop, and that is more than one comic book distributor because you know yeah, it, it yeah. just since what you know i mean since it it all went exclusively to diamond comics and they're the only ones that have the rights to distribute marvel but i mean back in in the day when yeah, you there were was, running there were several, several. Uh, well, and two two were in sparta uh, Cap, oh, yeah. capital city and and diamond oh okay I mean, it's been so long that diamond's been the only game in town that if you were a reasonably newer comic customer I don't know that you've ever even considered who distributes these. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They just get here, and that's just what sure. happens, right? It's exactly. like it would never even probably occur to you. If you're in your 20s or something, it wouldn't even be a thing I think you think about. Mm -hmm. right. it, was, it was great for me because uh, I, I, I drove over to, to Sparta to pick up the books, and <laughs> mm -hmm. I was able to look at the, their uh, things that they got returned to them, some slightly damaged, some that look fine, and they, they would just 
put those out at like 90% off of the value. Mm-hmm. And so I, I love going in there and uh, just browsing through their, their backup room that, that all the stuff was coming back to them. Right. And I took my daughter over there a lot, and she was about three or four when we started mm-hmm. going over there. And she loved doing that stuff, and she'd find a toy or something over there. <laughs> right. and, and all and the and people I, listening are imagining the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark. And you're like, God, I was born too late. <laughs> Think of what it could have been like. Well, that, that's what I was talking about whenever I said he would help feed my addiction with the building the kits and stuff, because he would go over there and pick these things up super cheap and come back, and I didn't Mike, care that the box. look what I got. <laughs> I didn't care that the box, box was mashed in or whatever you know something like that i just throw it away and just build the kit you know so yeah that was that was great times and i because that was back when their reorder was called the star system right and that's that was out of there or were their new books distributor out of there as well both oh okay both okay yeah I think I only knew about the reorder stuff. So I wasn't yeah, sure that's about what we that. Ca- that's what the catalogs were called for reorder when I worked here in the 2000s. It was called the Star Catalog. Oh, uh-huh. the Star System. Yeah, you had wow. to tell them Star Number Blah Blah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they still have randomly those codes show up in the in Diamond System. The Star <laughs> Number still have some of that stuff. So yeah, so so did you have your choice of distributors, or did it? When did it start uh, narrowing I, down I, like that? You had basically uh, you had to put your order in with one distributor or the other but but both distributors welcomed you i went to both i went to one and then i would go to the other okay because uh, if i needed more of copies of a book that i thought was going to be hot that i didn't order enough mm-hmm. i go over to the other place say have you got any of this yeah well yeah i say have you got any of this well i don't know let's go back and look oh, okay and I to go back and look through all their stuff and i could pick up extra copies i, I was in a catbird seat there for quite a while Mm-hmm. For this area, nobody probably had as much stuff as I did on the really cool things. On like, the good stuff. Yeah. Gotcha. Huh. Interesting. So, yeah. Very... One of my favorite stories on that was uh, when uh, the uh, Dark Knight uh, came out, the, the Frank Miller Batman series, the four-issue series. Mm-hmm. Uh, myself and another guy that came, came in every week to the shop from St. Louis we're opening our uh, box to see what this book looked like because we were concerned because Frank Miller kind of is a uh, gets a real big hit and does dud hit dud hit. <laughs> so it's like, okay, what's this going to be like? And we were looking at it and I, and I had ordered like twenty five and he had ordered like thirty, I think. And we're going, oh man, we under ordered this big time. <laughs> <laughs> and and the person that was right said, no, no, we don't. They're they're all gone. And then, and another dealer came in and he had seventy five and he goes. Well, this looks like crap, oh. and, and we, yeah, me and the St. Louis dealer looked at each other and says, "You know, split these whatever he doesn't want." <laughs> so, so we got poker about face, things. poker face, don't, yeah. don't break. Well, I'll take them if you don't yeah, want. Yeah, well, well, I'll, I'll help I'll, you yeah, out. Yeah, <laughs> so, something that again to, to that may mean nothing to younger uh, comedy fans, well, relatively speaking, uh, was at one point Marvel went through some corporate ownership changes and Marvel bought their own distributor, yes. uh, which was Heroes World, right? Yes. Okay. And uh, that did not, that went about as well as you would imagine it did, <laughs> uh, Marvel distributing itself. So did that, I know for a lot of people historically uh, say that the Heroes World boom and bust was like the final nail in the coffin for a lot of shops that opened during the boom. It how was, did how was Heroes World for you here? It was tough because uh, nobody wanted to see it. Uh, and I, it just seemed like a, a money grab for Marvel to do that. But uh, And they, they were terrible distributors. They, they didn't have their act together at all. Mm-hmm. And it put all the other comic uh, companies uh, in a bind of, well, now we need to have a, a, an exclusive thing. So now... 
Uh, That's why everybody signed with Diamond, right? Isn't that where they? Well, not everybody did at first, but they got DC yeah. and they got Dark Horse, which is a big publishing thing then, and they got like the, 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 the next two or three yeah, levels. Just like sort of knocked them down like dominoes after yeah, that. Yeah, right? yeah, it started falling apart yeah. at that point. So Diamond was really the main distributor, and then mm -hmm. Marvel was their own distributor. And if you tried to reorder stuff from them, they couldn't get it to you for like three or four yeah. weeks, and it was just awful. everything was delayed, right? There was a lot of like books lost in shipping kind of thing. It was. It was bad. Yeah. So if you don't know, that is why it's hard to fathom, given you know what Marvel's worth now. But uh, at one point, Marvel filed for bankruptcy in the mm -hmm. late '90s, and there was a question of will there be more Marvel comics after mm -hmm. that? Um, obviously, there is. <laughs> but but it's sort of strange to imagine the late '90s there being a oh Marvel might be bust soon. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but it didn't happen. We were just talking about that in my day job today. Oh, <laughs> yeah. like Marvel went bankrupt. Yeah. Two thousand one. In, in, it was uh, a, like probably like ninety nine. Well, I think or like they started the bankruptcy. Earlier. Yeah, like they, because they sold off the movie rights. Yeah, the they, deal to kind of get rid. They of went some into that. bankruptcy oh, protection yeah, at one point. Yeah. yeah, and then Dead. in the early two thousand. I mean, I remember when I started working for Dennis in. I think I started working for you in late two thousand, and I remember us like me and customers laughing and thinking, well. If Marvel's still here a few years from now, they were still not in great shape. Yeah. The mm -hmm. whole time, almost that I worked here, Marvel would sell the rights to anything. If somebody gave them five bucks in an Arby's coupon, they'd sell yeah. you the movie rights for something because they had no money. Um, but that's why you know I remember you and I complaining about books not coming in on time then because mm -hmm. Marvel was pushing stuff back because they were cash strapped. So yeah, that that's uh, that's another historic comic moment he lived through and worked yeah. through. Because yeah, Marvel went through a lot of stuff. Like yeah. did weren't they even owned by like Toy Biz for a while? Yeah. They, Toy Company. Yeah. And stuff like they that. Merged I mean, they with were Toy Biz, and then yeah. later on, Marvel sold Toy Biz off. Right? Didn't they sell the line? I'm not sure how that went. Man, it's hard to keep track. I, it is. I've I was just was looking crazy. at this the other day because they also sold the trading card company that they yeah. merged with at yeah. one point. But like they bought Panini they sold, and they bought. Right. They sold. They not, you know, the company, yeah. not a panini. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> I mean, honestly, during those years, they yeah. may have been selling paninis out yeah. of that. Yeah, a lot of panini they press. Bought, uh, they bought Fleer, right? Yeah, yeah, the baseball and card Skybox? company. And then that, Did they buy yeah. Skybox? Maybe so. Yeah. And again, 90s, trading cards were taken right. off too. Oh, yeah. You know, along with comics and so. Because, yeah, what, what was the deal with Marvel and WWE? at the WWF at the time were, were they affiliated somehow or no, was that, that was just a, the whole Hulk Hogan that was thing? a licensing deal over yeah. okay Hulk. all right yeah. Yeah. but you used to see that in the Marvel yeah, stuff you would say exactly. whatever is like co-owned mm -hmm. yeah so yeah I was confused and young easily confused yeah at one point Hogan was billed as the incredible Hulk Hogan yeah so <laughs> yeah that, some that requires some, some litigating well, to sort out I think that was part of the idea between about uh, Hollywood Hogan too right was yeah. to get out from under some of that yeah, so. mm -hmm. yeah. On a nice tangent there. There you go. <laughs> Chasing the, a couple of We never go on anyway, tangents. It's new. So anyway, let's, t um, like, I know this is a little bit after me, but Dan and Matt, you know, and everything, they grew up in that boom time. I mean, I can't imagine, you know, a time, you know, Dennis was in the Silver Age. I came into the late Silver Age, Bronze Age, and then these guys were in what's considered the modern age, which is really the boom to soon become the bust of the 90s you know whenever you know everybody read comics yeah. you know it was just a huge thing i mean we can't imagine the the publishing the, the numbers that mm -hmm. are, they published and what young blood number one was the first comic book to ever print a million copies mm -hmm. something like that you we, know we just talked about this in the last episode well, yeah chronologically is what we're recording the last mm -hmm. episode we recorded where we talked about x-men number one selling eight million, million copies yeah and then people wondering, well, what's going to break it? Well, spoiler yeah. alert, nothing since then. And that was in, X-Men mm -hmm. 1 was 92? 
91 or 92? Sounds about yeah, right. It's, yeah, that's, yeah, the Jim Lee yeah. X-Men. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I always just think that like, I know I was covers. in junior high. Yeah. I, don't know. Well, well, I think Spider-Man yeah. was 90. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. so. And so I think X-Men would be 91, I think. Yeah. Okay. Because I was but saying, like... let me just say that's one thing about that, that you said a lot of more people were buying comics. So really, mm-hmm. not, there wasn't that many more people buying. They were just yeah. buying in Well, there also weren't yeah. more people, oh, okay. there weren't more <laughs> gotcha. people reading comics. <laughs> yeah. There were just more people buying yeah, guys yeah. Because that's when the speculation started. Yeah, speculation and spe- going. And yeah. people viewing comics as an investment and right. things yeah. like that. But, you know, again, X-Men never won. Five covers. Yeah, yeah you gotta, exactly. you got to collect them all. Yeah, six if you count the gatefold, right? Exactly. I always laugh when people, in four in the gatefold. Yeah. Oh, was yeah. it? Okay. I thought it was five yeah. in the gatefold. Yeah. I always laugh when people talk about like Marvel's Jack and Sales with variant covers. Yeah, they've not done that since '91. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's not new. And then, you know, so it's spider, just a bit more it? egregious. So during the '90s, was that when you saw? It? I mean, obviously, we saw it become a huge thing, you know. And and what I always envision, and correct me if I'm wrong. But, you know, I didn't buy the store, run it, or operate it in any form until 2016. You know, I was affiliated with you from about 2000 till then, but I wasn't really directly involved. But I just always envisioned the 90s in a store like you in a college town, which the college was a lot bigger back then than it is now. And you were, that's hence the name, Campus Comics. You were literally right across the street from the campus of SIU Carbondale. And I just envisioned the 90s in those days, just you making money hand over fist. Was that <laughs> was that the case, or is that just uh, like a bit of an exaggeration? It's a bit of an exaggeration okay. because uh, everybody got into that speculation so bad, even myself, that – you just buy too much product. Okay. And uh, you sold a lot of product. Mm-hmm. And when you hit on something that you speculated on, uh, it was great. Right. But, you know, you're, you're, you're speculating on too many things. And mm-hmm. a lot of that stuff, you, you buy a box of 200 or 300 comics and you sell 20 of them. Mm-hmm. That doesn't help your business a whole lot. <laughs> right. So it, it, was, it was kind of a hit and miss type of thing. It, was okay. like, it is gambling, right? Like, it you remember your successes. You remember your successes very, very well. Uh-huh. Your brain tends to not remember the books you speculated on and didn't do right. so well. You just remember that one you sold through on I, Wednesday. I do remember a decent 50 cent section when I first found the store and I'm like, this is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And that was those books. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> to this day, one of my all all-time favorite memories of working here was after we had, well, it was before we moved, actually. We were still on the strip. And Dennis was in the back on his computer, and I was up front leaning on the counter, and I had gotten a wild hair, and I decided I was going to clean out one of the cases that was down at the end that just had piles of silver right. and stuff. And I must have made an audible, like, oh, my God, gasp. And Dennis said, what? What did you find? And I said, there are Unity Zeros up here. <laughs> and he was like, and? And I said, oh, my God. <laughs> and I was so excited because the part of my brain that is still 10 in 91 was like unity freaking zero and and he had all these early values i said what do you want for him and he looked at him and looked at me like i had just showed him a box of dog turds (laughs) and he goes you can have them are you kidding me and i was so excited i went home and i remember telling my then Uh, girlfriend now wife look at these comics dennis gave me and she was like what are they worth and i said nothing (laughs) i'm like they used to be worth a lot and she goes why do you care and i said you don't understand i never could have had these when i was a kid this is amazing that's what what josh you know comes in and he mm-hmm. buys all this junk that's yep. in our dollar oh, boxes. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of nostalgia for him. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, that's what it is. These are all books yeah. I could no way afford yeah. when I was a kid. And they, they were like 
Might as well just have the heavenly light shining on them. Josh and I, angels singing, Josh and I have done the same thing. We like have that. bought vintage wizards because we remember them. But I, part of the reason I bought some vintage wizards was I wanted to look the at prices. what the top ten books were <laughs> and see how many of them I have now, so that like in, mentally I can be like, I got them. I got all those ones I wanted when I was in seventh grade. That, yeah. that was something that I had to contend with too at the store. Mm -hmm. Is when the wizard came out, I had to go up. At, <laughs> oh I, God! I, 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 I'd go, go through the book yeah. and go. Which one is hot and and is gone crazy? Because oh, I had people literally oh, yeah. the day after Wizard yeah. came out would come in and grab every one of those mm -hmm. books that they could grab right. hold of. Mm -hmm. So I had I was like I pull them all out. You know, it's like I you know I'm not gonna let these speculators take all my. That's crazy. Are, yeah. I remember coming in and asking you for books that were that were sold out off the rack that were hot, and you'd be like, I got one, and you pull one out of that. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, oh, nice. <laughs> that, that was the thing that we always knew, was that if it wasn't on the shelf, we'd just ask Dennis and see if there were any somewhere else. If it was and a reader, was, and I was very accommodating. If it was a reader and a fan, yeah. that's yeah. one thing. I wouldn't have known how to Shut sell a comic to a, as a speculator right. if, you, if you'd forced me to. Yeah, but the I one knew that what I, I remember is like, Mark Teixeira, however you say it, his Ghost Rider. That's yeah. what I, with that glow-in-the-dark cover on Issue 15. Yeah, coming out, you know, or, or that the number one really is what oh, I yeah. think, you know, before, yeah. you know, before the glow-in-the-dark yeah. cover. Yeah. But the number one of that series, I remember that coming out one week and the next week going in, 60 bucks. You yep. know what I mean? I was, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's just like, yeah. I remember that. I'm like, it was crazy. Yeah. This yeah. Early to mid-90s were really crazy. I remember, like, the when the death in the family occurred and there was, like, that one, the actual death issue, I guess, and mm -hmm. you, go, you come in the week after it came out and it's like you you'd have it sitting there for fifteen dollars because you had to buy it back you know a couple That's of days right. before for exactly. like you know eight to ten and it's mm -hmm. like and then i dropped the fifteen dollars so i could have it but <laughs> and i also I'll, I'll tell on myself here a little bit i had friends that live in springfield illinois so i so there was a comic shop in springfield illinois so i would come in and buy comics at campus and then whenever I went and visit my friends, I would then sell them at the shop in Springfield so I could have gas money to get home. <laughs> <laughs> so you were self, you were distributing for Dennis. Yes, just there you go. Yeah. And he wasn't getting a cut. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> What's that mean? I don't. It doesn't bother me. Yeah. <laughs> so it's also just a fascinating peek that you were Berg Comics before you were Berg Comics. There you go. So back to, back to Wizard real quick. Uh, oh. So, you know, you said you it obviously had an impact on your customer base. Yes. Now, they had a pretty dubious price guide in Wizard. <laughs> oh, absolutely. At the time. So, like, did you have to contend with that? Like, uh, were people, like, buying, he's trying to sell stuff to you and saying, well, this says it's worth oh, X amount? Oh, or sure. Yeah. That uh -huh. kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. But I, I didn't pay much attention to that. If, it, yeah. if I didn't think it was a good book, uh, I didn't... Uh, Mm -hmm. I, I don't have anybody looking. If somebody's looking for it, I would pay good money for it. Because, but I'd say tell people, if you want a hot book, tell me what you want to spend. I can probably get it, mm -hmm. but I'm not going to buy those because I don't think it's that good a book. Okay. Right. Yeah. So, so what? How far into that did it really start skewing? Maybe a dumb question: How you felt about? comics themselves or, or the business yeah, that was or being what, a retailer exactly too, too. being yeah. a retailer you know did that it's really affect question. how you felt yeah it, it makes you more jaded and, uh -huh. and, and a little bit sad you know and mm -hmm. uh, luckily i had a really good core of really good customers that i that uh, kept me from getting too jaded about that type of thing because mm -hmm. uh, some some people i think that's all they're in there for is is the money and, right and uh I was in it for more reasons than just that, so mm -hmm. that helped me a lot to not think about that so much. But it did bother me at times. Gotcha. 
Yeah, I just didn't know if it if it was like during you know if, if not saying that you did, but during the nineties, if you just kind of lost your taste for it, you know, a little. Well, bit. I quit reading you know? then. I really, okay. I really did enjoy the reading. But was so it much. just was it because of the business practices and all that stuff going on, or did you feel it was just the quality of the material? Well, I thought there was a lot of good quality things out there. Okay. Uh, as a matter of fact, one of the things I really liked Alan Moore, uh, and I, I tried to push Swamp Thing forever, and nobody <laughs> would read it. Mm-hmm. Finally, they started reading a little bit, and, and well, history's I, proving you right on that. Uh, yeah, for well, sure. I got pretty good taste most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> if he does say so. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, that's okay, we'll back him up on yeah, that. Yeah. No. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I can't speak for everybody here, but I know there's a lot of stuff that I've yes. read that mm-hmm. I wouldn't have if it hadn't have been recommended yeah. to me by Dennis. He's no. never steered me wrong. Be- featured on a shelf someplace or something yeah. like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. The, the I, other one that, that about the Alan Moore thing was when Watchmen came out, uh, uh-huh. and it was you know uh, no characters that anybody knew about, although they were Charlton characters basically. Right. Yeah. Uh, but I had ordered twenty of those each of those. And I, I was going on vacation when the first one came out. And I said, you guys need to push this while I'm out there because people don't, don't know this thing. Mm-hmm. And you got to try to make them pick it up and look at it at least. And when I got back after two weeks, he, they had sold two copies of it. Oh, my. <laughs> and, of course, we know how history is. Yeah. Yeah. One of the seminal graphic novels of all time. Mm-hmm. And it's know. literally never gone out of print. Yeah. yeah. Never. Yeah. Other reasons for that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm just yeah, saying, yeah. Like, yeah. there has been DC wouldn't, wouldn't print many if there yeah, weren't exactly. demand for it. Yeah. But I was really angry when I got back because it's like, I can't believe I've got like 50 really good customers. You couldn't buy of those. It wasn't me because I wasn't right. there. Yeah, exactly. But uh, but nobody was aware of it, and I, I and I started putting them side by side, and I, I had at, 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 before the thing was at, at ten issues, mm-hmm. I had all ten issues laid out there in front, still in the front row. Wow. I was still fighting to get people to look at that book, mm-hmm. <laughs> and in my head I'm like, man, <laughs> stupid <laughs> first grade. Matt. Why wasn't I buying Watchmen? <laughs> That would have gone over real yeah, well yeah. with my overprotective '80s era mom. Right? I'd have never read a comic book ever again. Mm-hmm. So what are uh, so what are some of the higher value comics that have passed through your hands oh, man, in the store? Yeah. Oh, great. Uh, well, uh, there was a, a guy uh, in uh, that was in uh, Pickneyville. An older man came in with a box of comics. He said, "Do you buy comics?" I said, "Yes, I do." And he said, well, would you look at these? So I, I opened the box up. And it was a small box. There's probably 20 to 30 comic books. And they were all golden age. And most of them were superhero things. And I said to him, uh, do you know what you want for them? And he, he says, no, I'm just trying to find a, a, a reasonable price. on it. I'd, I'd take 200 for, for them if, if you could do that. And I said, no. <laughs> because they were... <laughs> give me a second I said I, I, I can give you a lot more than that I said give me some time I'll lock them up and I'll grade them and, uh, we'll, and if you agree with it that's, that's the deal so uh, I gave him $600 for what he wanted $200 for and he said you seem to be a fair man sorry 
No, I'm, I'm like oh, this is just a, this is a uh, this is a seminal dentist moment, yes, which is exactly. why I worked here for so many years. <laughs> exactly. I might add the number of times that uh, Dennis and I have because I'm a big softy too, right? And uh, Dennis and I have choked each other up <laughs> telling stories before yep. while working here. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 not uh, it's not a surprise. I don't think anybody that's listening. Uh, that has been a, a customer for any length of time would also be surprised by that right. either. So nor, nor, nor would anybody be surprised by you being that honest. Yeah, that's so, exactly. you know, it's, it's both. It's both you being uh, a big softy and you being as honest as the frigging day is long. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know when I sold books here, that's the way I always looked at it was I, I always sold books back to you because yeah. I wasn't going to get a better price anywhere else. And well, was the a- kicker on that was mm-hmm. uh, at that point when I gave him the money, he said, would you like some more? Oh. That's what he said. I said, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. Yes, sir. So he started breaking these books. Excuse he me, sir, bought, you bought like in money? boxes and boxes and boxes. He ended up getting about uh, $25,000 from me. So mm-hmm. I got wow. some good that's, books. That's yeah. the collection that you ended up selling some of that to, to Steve Geppy from Diamond, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and I that, never realized that you actually owned those. I always thought you just brokered the deal to mm-hmm. Geppy. So that was my misunderstanding. No, they were my books. Okay. Yeah, see, here's the thing, though. This sale, like, this was before I was involved with the store in any capacity, and I've heard about this over yeah. the years. Uh-huh. And again, it's I legend. hear from different guys, and yeah. it, it's this kind of weird sale that, like, I never know all the details uh-huh. you know, on the, what this was. The great thing about this story to me, the thing that always stuck with me beyond, you know, just being a testament to, to Dennis's character is mm-hmm. that when. I first heard the story when I was 21 and first working for him. And, and he was telling me about, I said, so you still have all those books? And he was like, oh, no, I sold those. And I was like, why would you sell those? And, and I was like, that's crazy. And, and I remember him telling me that how scary it was to own them because of how expensive it would be to insure them. Yeah. And, and, you know, basically they're irreplaceable mm-hmm. if you don't have them insured. Well, I started and, putting out a lot of those in yeah. case uh, during the day. And, and uh, thinking, after a few what weeks, the, there's people that I'd never seen before coming in. Uh, uh, you had some gold in the age. store. Yeah, I was like, wow. So I started loading them up in boxes and taking them home every night. Yeah. And it's just like, this is not much fun. Right. <laughs> but, but here we are. And I've told you this since then. Sorry. You know, when I first. We'll get it. Oh, the first person to really violate the family. He's me down. There's Thank one. You. I can't take this anywhere. <laughs> Thank God it was Dennis and not me. Oh, nah, so Trev- much better. Trevor oh, Von Eden has you beat. So, <laughs> yeah, you don't have to worry about it. We, if anybody we who, hope you enjoyed your time because you're not coming back. <laughs> if anybody who came here during the time that Dennis and I worked here together, if you would have had to lay money on which of the two of us is going to break the profanity rule, no one would have bet on Dennis. Everyone would have been like, well, that's an easy bet for Matt. Matt's like a tw- minus 1,200 favorite on this one. It's not even close. But, uh, but I remember, you know, even... Later, after I wasn't working here anymore, and I had gotten a little older, and then I really appreciated the, oh, he's totally right. If I owned that, mm-hmm. it would scare me yeah, every mm-hmm. day Absolutely. that my house would flood or someone would break in. And then, and it really has, and it's a, a weird thing, right? Like that, remembering that story, like shaped how I buy non-comic stuff too. My wife always <laughs>, laughs that I have a, I won't own it if I can't replace it policy. Because mm-hmm. I, I, if, I, if I have something and I love having it, I want to be able to replace it if it goes away because I must love having it. And if it's too expensive for me to replace it, I just don't need to own it because it's just going to make me mad if something happens to it. So I really right. like that's that's of all the stories I've heard from me, that's one of the ones that sticks out the most because it's true. I, I worked, like I said, I worked at the store kind of in conjunction with Dennis doing other stuff, you know, from 2000 
about 2000 till about 2016 when Dennis retired and I was able yeah, to buy the, the store. You were the Saturday guy yeah. with me Saturday. when I first started. Yeah. <laughs> yep. yep. So we worked together a long time. And I the, the things that I've taken away from Dennis, you know, like Matt said, nobody that knows Dennis is going to be surprised by it. But was, the, you know, that, like that story that he just told about that gentleman that brought in those comics. But Dennis would always tell me, he'd say, he, and I learned it, always give somebody treat somebody fairly i mean not just because it's the right thing to do but on the other hand too if they come in and you treat them right you don't know what else they have they may just yeah. be you know what i mean so they're if you burn them once in. you know if you burn them once they and trying to you know take up. advantage yeah. of them they're never going to come back and they may have better stuff you know or come across better stuff or whatever and the other thing is too and i think this goes back to the speculation is how many times i just told somebody today you know, this and everything is just like whenever somebody say what's, you know, what book's hot or whatever. It's just like and the advice he always gave people is buy something because you want to read it and you want to enjoy it. You know, if it happens to gain some something in value, that's great. If not, and just the people again, I one of the things I saw Dennis do people brought in a stack of comic books today and you know i was going through them and i was honest with them as dennis you know thought you know it's just like you really don't have much here you know i said i could buy them from you here's probably what i'd pay and it wasn't much and they would go in my dollar boxes until i sold them next free comic book day for a quarter yeah. you know what i mean so it's just like <laughs> and just say there's a lot more value in these books for you to give these to a kid you know, mm -hmm. to, to some child that you know that may Take read them or enjoy them. Leave them on the table. Just leave them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> just leave them with somebody to you know, enjoy them. So, I mean, the impact that you've had, I can't tell you the stories. One of my favorite things, now I'm going to start. <laughs> Say, one of my favorite things about owning this store is the reputation and the memory that comes with this store. So many people that I talk to, Matt, you know, Dan, these other people that you talk to are just like, my Saturday morning was, do you want to go to Campus Comics and to Plaza Records? This is my this is my childhood, and to be able to be part of that and carry on a bit of that legacy, just knowing how important this store is, Campus Comics is to so many people because of what you started and how you treated people. It's just an honor. To, it's just an honor. Yeah. To this day, my wife laughs that... Uh, I, I, I'm from the area, so I have driven from, I live in Eltville. We've driven from our hometown to Carbondale, you know, for a, a 10 years before I started coming to the comic book store. But I don't think I ever paid attention to the drive or knew where I was in the drive until we started going to the shop. And my wife laughs that to this day, driving to Carbondale for any reason at any time of day, but especially if it's if it's right after lunch on a Saturday, triggers part of my brain that thinks, oh, I'm buying new comics <laughs> because that like driving out of town on a, on a weekend and like, you know, That's a, what you my, my brain is like, it's new comic time. Mm -hmm. And I get all excited about it. And that, and that whole thing is in my past from when I was a kid also, yeah. because uh -huh. uh, when we went on summer vacation, we would go from uh, the town I was in in Illinois to where my grandparents lived in Texas. And my mom would always buy us. 10 comic books to read in the, on the car uh, and that was a dollar then <laughs> yes, right, yeah. <laughs> and uh, that was one of my fondest memories is oh I get to get 10 oh, yeah. comic books awesome. in one day yeah in one fell swoop <laughs> this, this shop taught me how to write checks 
true. It's true. Because my mom, my mom used to send me in with a blank check. Oh. She used what? to send me with a blank check. But, but, but having not met my mother, you wouldn't know. I knew where the limit was because right. I didn't want to come out and see the look from Linda that I'd spent too much. But and she didn't I want had, it to be the last trip to the yeah. comic shop. And that was always check. what it was. Yeah. It was don't spend too much. But I knew about where I could push it. And so, and Dennis knew about where I could push it. I remember yeah. one time getting too many and he looked at me and I said, what? And he goes, does your mom know you're spending this much? And I said, it's cool. And he was like, okay. And it was not cool. And I got off the car. But it was, it was not dramatically I had met, I had met your mom several times. <laughs> I knew that knew I, I'm going to get in trouble, too, if he gets in yeah. trouble. He was like, if you say so, kid. Yeah. But yeah, my mom would sign a check and send me in and say, be reasonable. And I would get my stuff out of my pull bag, and I would browse the shelves, and then I wrote the rest of the check. Oh, well, there you go. I, I, had a, I had a friend who passed away about 15 years ago now. And several years before that, he was he was selling his comic book collection. Now, he was an attorney in El Dorado. Steve Rogers. Jim Rogers. Jim, Jim Rogers. Rogers. Yeah, Rogers. Jim Rogers. Yeah. Hey, Steve Rogers. Steve Rogers. Rogers. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's yeah. Conway Scott's yeah. best friend, Captain America. Yeah. Also, we just addressed that Captain America died and no one knew. <laughs> Scott, why didn't you tell us? He's comic comic related. But uh, but he had done attorney work even for like Comic Quest in Evansville. And whenever he sold his collection, I think and I think this speaks of Dennis as well, he chose to deal with Dennis on selling his collection, not dealing with Evansville or you know mm-hmm. Mount Vernon or or any number of other shops that he could have that he could have dealt with. Yeah, so, and yeah. you know what? I I, I I offered him a price, and he said that sounds very fair. Uh, and I said, but I don't have the money. He said that's okay. I know you'll pay it. Yep. So that's the kind of person he was. Yeah, huh. and that's the kind he of relationship that we exactly. had. Exactly. Yeah. We had that a lot when I worked here. <laughs> yeah. We would have people who didn't buy books here, but they sold books here mm-hmm. because they knew they may have lived somewhere else and they bought their regular books at that shop. But when they needed to, to unload books or they were ready to sell out, they came here, mm-hmm. uh, which was great for us because yeah. then well, we got new stuff. But that, uh, at that time. I got to drop off one of the books. I guess later on he found a uh, first Ant Man. Oh yeah. And I got to I got to hold that book and deliver it over here <laughs> nice. for him. And that was uh-huh. a, that was kind of a cool I'm, moment. Yeah. So you know you bring up a great point. It is one of if you've never worked in a comic shop, which yeah. most people don't, but I think most comic fans would like to work at a shop, and Dan can test, uh, to testify to this, but that is one of the great thrills of owning a comic shop, right? Or oh. working at one is you get to touch the books <laughs> you've only seen. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't own a first Wolverine, but I've flipped through one. Yeah. It was only here for about a half an hour before we sold it. But it's so cool that you get to, those things pass through your hands. and, and you've, That was you my have, favorite part of the right? owning yeah. the store, was to be able to buy things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, I, I couldn't keep them because I paid too much for them, but I got money back. And the big people that had that money that wanted to have that, but, they were happy. But you know what was always great when I worked here and you would buy collections was that you would have the stuff that the very small percentage of things that you wanted to keep for you. And if we sell this, I can rationalize these yeah. for me. Uh-huh. And I always thought, oh, that's a really great way to do it. It made and, a lot of sense. And I made a nice rationalization and got a huge collection of Marvel Silver Age stuff. Which I saw when my daughter went to college. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I can't tell you the stories too. I hear of you know a lot of people coming in and everything is just like, man, I got a lot of books in my collection that I wouldn't have had if it wasn't for Dennis at Campus oh, Comics. Yeah. You know because you could, because of your fairness and not only you wanted those books 
to go to people that valued them, not just for the money side of it, but, you know, but liked those books, enjoyed those books, wanted to have those books. So I know there are a lot of people across this part of the country that have books they in their collections that they wouldn't have if it hadn't we been could, for you. We could do a two-hour podcast just on the number of deals I've gotten from Dennis, yeah. starting, uh, starting yeah. with the time in, in the early 2000s that before I worked here that I bought a $3 first appearance of Gambit, and it had, like, one of your old, beat-up, dirty, midnight it would have been in that box forever and i remember bringing it up and saying three dollars and you went yeah and i said this is the first gambit right and you went that's fine <laughs> and, I gave you three bucks for it. and i was like yes and i felt very good and you were like it's okay <laughs> but yeah it, all, all the way up till about the time you retired i was still yeah. being like are you sure yeah that's yeah. fine i'll take that yeah i remember uh one time just kind of the flip side of that you know before i was even involved with the store at all and i probably just started coming in and buying the figures the kits and stuff is like to feed the new addiction i'm like i gotta get i wanted to sell some comics you know what i mean so i would have money to buy the the things that i started getting into so i remember brian i don't know it might have been a half maybe it was almost probably a full long box you know of like some detectives and stuff like that you know from the 90s you know you know a lot of nightfall and you know mm -hmm. all that stuff in there and i mean there was other stuff in there and i'm like oh, i won't get much for this but he gave me a price, and I'm like, seriously, really? You'll give me that much for this? Are you kidding me? Heck yes, I will do. You know, I so very, very fair on both ends of that whole thing, you know. So, and those are the memories that people keep, you well, know, that's what I remember. To compliment you, uh, after you took over the shop, and my wife's grandma brought us the famous story, a little old lady found some comics in her barn. Uh, my wife's grandma, her uh, second husband who had passed away, was a comic collector in the uh, 70s and 80s, and, and she brought a bunch of Bronze Age books in, and I sold them to you, and I got a dentist level of credit from you. And it, was not, it was not long after the story changed over, and I remember thinking, it's like cheers, right? Everybody knows your name. It's just felt like nothing to change. It's exactly the same way it always was, man. And I, I remember coming home and my wife saying, how'd you do on those books? And I said, great. And she was like, as much as Dennis would have given you? And I said, maybe more. I don't know. I'm like, but it was good. And I was happy with it. It was totally fine. Because the first time I'd sold something back to the shop after he didn't own it. And, you know, not for nothing. You don't know if everything's going to be exactly the same. It's your shop. You can run it how you dang well please. Uh, right. But it was exactly the same. And I thought, that's great. <laughs> that's one thing I don't have to worry about anymore. Like, shop's the same. Well, yeah. I, I've told him like this, and I think you probably, probably already know this, but, you know, I, I could have gotten quite a bit more money for the shop from a couple other people. Mm -hmm. and, but I knew Mike was the person that I wanted in here. Well, I appreciate that. You know, and it's like I said today, I'm not here. I'm going to start. I, I, I wasn't able to get through this the first time I tried to say it, you know, but, and, I, and I probably won't again. I can but, only keep saving you people and you yeah. choke up the right. <laughs> so long. Okay. Jump right in there. But in case I start blubbering, no. Yeah. But no, I mean, it's an honor to run this place, and it's something that I, I don't feel I could start, but I feel... I can carry on, yeah. you know, and I hope I do you proud, you know, and I, I really try to carry on the spirit of what you started here and build on that. And, you know, just the fact of what you built here and to be able to take that over and everything, it's just like, I, I can't, yeah. 
I can't thank and, you and enough. I think, and owe well, you enough. Yeah, well, you're certainly welcome. And I think we worked together there for so many years now. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how many years it was. Was it eight or years or oh, more? Oh, it was probably. Yeah, it was probably. I mean, from the time I first started deciding, hey, you mind if I sell some model kits in right. here kind of thing? Yeah. It was like right at 2000, you know, and then the the, the relationship just grew. So yeah. it probably was more like yeah, I mean, I think I've been working here for so. like a few weeks mm-hmm. when, when you started coming yeah. in regularly. I mean, I knew you were doing kits for him but uh-huh. i remember i've been here for like i'm it was less than a couple of months i'll yeah. say that i think it was a few weeks i remember dennis saying there's going to be somebody because uh, i was the only employee here mm-hmm. other than dennis when he hired me and i remember him saying there's going to be someone else on saturdays and i thought oh dang it did i just lose hours and then it turned out it was just the model guy and i was like oh great the model guy is coming in yeah and sure. i remember i remember the inverse of it you know yeah. kind of saying, yeah, or dennis saying it's this kid that's always bought comics for me since yeah. he was this big yeah, and was working. Was, yeah so that goes back you know to those days too so yeah it's great well you, well you mentioned you know having sold a lot of your silver age marbles to pay for college mm-hmm. but uh if you had a book in your collection if you had to get rid of all the books in your collection but you could only keep one of them mm-hmm. do you know which one you would keep i'd have to say and it sounds like an odd choice but it's because of the time and the period that i read it and, and loved it it was a fantastic four number four with the, the coming of submariner Hmm. That was such a, a, a revelation to me. I never seen a superhero comic that was anything like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the the torch quits the Fantastic Four. He goes into the Bowery. He finds this old bum that's got a <laughs> straggly beard mm-hmm. and everything. Shaves it off with his uh, yeah. torch yeah. finger, <laughs> and it's the Submariner. And it's like, oh my gosh, I never see anything like this. <laughs> <laughs> Throws in the water. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Hopes he can swim. <laughs> so you know, that was a, a seminal moment for me. It's like, oh my god, I love this group. Mm-hmm. I love this art. I love the story. It's so different from what the DC thing was mm-hmm. going on. Mm-hmm. So that would yeah. probably been the one. I would a, a moment I remember you telling me about one time. I don't know why these weird things stick with you, but something that I remember you telling me about a comic book moment you loved was I can't even. I'll get this wrong, but I think it was when uh, Iron Man still had the big clunky Mark One armor, but it became gold. And I think there was an issue in there where to conserve energy, he flew upright because the his his the charge or something was getting low or something like that. So he flew upright in order. And I don't yeah. know there was some, there was something that you that struck you about yeah. that that thing too. I remember you right. telling me that. And the opening splash page for the Hulk Incredible Hulk number one, where he's kind of coming through the swamp. Yeah, that's, that's Hulk number two. Hulk number two. Okay, and that was inked by Steve Dicko, there and that's what made the whole difference because it had such a murky looking feel to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, anybody else that inked that uh, Hulk uh, didn't quite catch it, but if you get Hulk number two and look at that, that's an amazing achievement that those two people together mm-hmm. just that was a very exciting book for me too. Yeah, so this is a. Uh, on the, again, chronologically last one we recorded, I talked about that uh, criminal hardcover, Bad Weekend, and how there are all of these stories in it that are true stories about the Silver Age of comics. And I want to bring it up at the time because I didn't want to, I was afraid I would slip and spoil that we were having Dennis on. But part of the reason for everybody that's sitting at the table that I loved that those two issues so much was all of the stories that this 
a fictional comic creator tells about real comic history reminded me of being here at the shop and having Dennis go, oh, you don't know how Wally Wood died? <laughs> like, and I would just sit there like, uh, like uh, you know, it, those, those, it's like somebody sitting at the foot of the Buddha or whatever and like, tell me your history. And it like just could just yank these factoids about comics history across, you know, from the Depression to the current age. And be like, Matt, you don't know, blah, blah, blah. And I'd be like, no, please tell me. So when I read that, it, it felt like... Uh, I mean, the, the, the fictional comic creator, and it's kind of a jerk. So it was like bizarro, Dennis. But the level of knowledge that he knew was exactly like Dennis, where he was like just rattling all these stories. Like, oh, yeah, so-and-so did blah, blah, blah. Like Dennis used to always tell me about, you know, um, Frazetta and the baseball games in EC. If I've oh, heard yeah. a story, if I've heard the, the story Flingo about, gang. yeah, but the Flingo <laughs> gang in EC. If I've had a dollar for every time I've heard that story, like I've, I'd have quite a few dollars. Um, but that's what it reminded me of. And that's that's a great example. Mm-hmm. It, it made it so fun. Yeah. Well, you, you talked you talked about advice that Dennis gave about you know buy buy what you love, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is like almost silly advice, but I still do this. Is like I always bag and board my comics in silver bags instead of yeah. current bags. Uh-huh. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah absolutely. And I, I learned that from Dennis. So. <laughs> while, while you were, while, Mike, while you were out when you were having your health issues and I was here, man, in the store for those weeks, I sold bags and boards to somebody who didn't know anything about them and he went over and got them and I gave him the exact spiel <laughs> that Dennis is giving and I said, I said, and I feel like I should say, and I rattled off, like I said, the store owner is not the original store owner. I work for the original one and we have all, I said, this is the knowledge of Dennis McCord being passed on to you. You buy Silver Age bags, even though they're not Silver Age books, and here's why. And he was like, okay, that's great advice. I'll remember that. He did. He bought Silver Age bags. Yeah. Every, yep. every time day. I see people every buy time. modern books, I think, nope. Doing it wrong. Tyler Wright. <laughs> but, you know, I did tell people always that by what you like I would say mm-hmm. I, I, I mean I did I did recommend Bye, that I highly. Like. <laughs> no I would say this is this is also these are some things that I do like and this is why I yes, like exactly. it exactly yeah. you know? oh yeah when I first got back in oh yeah I was talking about you never recommended buying books as an investment it's always no, just I, books I, yeah, you like I, to read I shut them. that down immediately yeah. it's like you yeah. know you know, I can't tell you how to invest yeah. you know, yeah, if, yeah. I, if I could tell you the exact right investment I wouldn't sell it to you right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure. that's what I told a lot yeah. of people you always you say it nicer than I do when people ask me, I always say that comic book collectors are idiots. Yeah. Because we're the only people who buy something that is over time going to destroy itself. Uh, you know? So. Right. <laughs> we're, yeah. we're just not very bright people. Right. Another thing that, another story that um, that I use this advice all the time, and I know Dan's been in here before, is just like some be, some people that want to come in and say, what's the most expensive book you have in here? Well, that's the one I hated. I, yeah, I know, know, right? Yeah. <laughs> Like, oh, I'm not going to tell you that. And I learned that from Dennis, you know, and it's just like, well, why not? Why? So you can know what to steal when you break in here later? You know, I mean, and the people it get offended. A, it's just an ignorant question. It is man. just you a know, dumb it's question. Not a, it's not a comic confection. And, and how, exactly. how, how often? It's just a rubber knacker here. Yeah. yeah. And if you, if you told them, are they going to pick it up? Yeah. Right. Exactly. I just want to know. Yeah. I just want to know. So I work at a startup company, um, a tech startup, and when we are pitching retainer offers to people, uh, we get a lot of times we get asked, 
what's this going to cost? And I, I had to explain to my boss one time that when people used to call you on the phone and say, I've got some comics, what will you give me for them? <laughs> yeah. Dennis used to say, without hesitating, I've got a car outside, I want to sell it, what do you give me for it? And they would always say, well, I don't know, what kind of car is it? And he'd say, I know, I want to know what your comics are. You want to see them, don't you bring it in? And so we have, this is not a joke. My boss, my boss who runs the company uses that analogy when people say, what is this service going to cost? He'll say, I've got a car, I want to sell, what do you give me for it? And they'll like, well, I, I need to look at it, and you know if it runs. And he's like, right, I know, I need to do. And so we actually use your analogy. Completely separate business. But I remember telling Chris, my boss, that, and he sat there for a second, and he goes, well, that's freaking brilliant. I said, it is, right? And he goes, that's exactly what people ask us. Damn, that's good. And so you put that in, that's part of his sales pitch is, uh, is that that passes into a totally different yeah, business. I, I the person has no affiliation. No, it should be trademark Dennis McCord. Mm -hmm. yeah. But it's so true because people do call and say, oh, I got absolutely. some comments. What do you give me for them? Man, how the hell do yeah. I know? Like, well, yeah. they can even say, "I've got Captain America right. number one." Why, oh, you give yeah. me which one? Yeah, but yeah. I, need, yeah. Yeah. I need to see. Even if it's the, the one you're talking one. about, yeah. I still need to see it. Even if the even if the cheap price is a lot of money, I still need to see it. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and if it's a Captain America number one, make sure it doesn't have a Sega ad. That's yeah. right. <laughs> I don't know. The Sega was big in the depression. <laughs> That's what got those kids through hard times. Yeah. Which is a true story yeah, yeah. from my era. Yeah. 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 Is there anything? there that indicate that it was this book was printed in the 19 you know that wasn't printed in the 1960s or earlier no first thing i do is open it up sega ad you know <laughs> really the video game system yeah. didn't give that away you know yeah but depending on how old they are i'll be honest yeah. like yeah. My nephews don't remember a time before the internet and cell phones. Yeah. They don't oh, yeah. know when oh, yeah. those were first new. They, you know, so they just make us all feel old. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm sad. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, anything else for anybody? We got any other questions? Anything you that you'd like to add thinking? that we haven't hit well, on, Dennis? Like, you know, the, it's, a, it's a retail store. Uh -huh. But, again, this is part of the community. You know, like, what are, what are your thoughts on that? Like, how's, how's that evolved over the years since oh, you started the store? It's been great. I've lost a lot of good friends over that period of time yeah. that were really passionate about mm. the collecting thing. And I ended up buying a lot of those collections. Like the Jim Steve Rogers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I was in college, you bought my collection yeah, off of me, and I got yeah. back in later. But you bought my yeah, collection from and, me. And, yeah. But but the people that you buy them from that aren't around anymore, uh, or uh, yeah, that was the hardest thing. Like the Ken Alexander thing. Uh -huh. That's heartbreaking to me. I didn't, oh yeah. I never wanted to buy his collection. I never, right. I never wanted to buy anybody's collection that I sold a lot of stuff to. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to see that happen. Yeah. So right. that's I guess. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. One thing that uh, was it was exciting to see their collection. It is amazing because you could just by just going through their books, you could you could feel what they really loved about mm -hmm. this, and, and you could remember them buying that yeah. book probably. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Some of the more memorable books, yeah, yeah. I mean, but retail's a tough game right now. You know, yeah. and I mean, retail is mm -hmm. a tough game. You know, and to be able to. You know, to keep something like this going, you know, is no small feat, no small feat. And to, and to think that you went from working at the university and everything, and as a comic book store, you put a daughter through school, you did, you know what I mean? That this is, that amazes me because, you know, I bought this store after having a 32-year career 
at a real job. You know what I mean? So <laughs> quote unquote. Real yeah, job. exactly. Yeah, yeah. semi-retirement kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. A, not retired, but also not working your fingers to the right. Exactly, and yeah. I'm fine if this is you know. It's I mean, a hobby I think that pays. exactly, and I think that I tell well, this people is one of the often. Print mediums that's still viable in yeah. the community. You know, it really mm-hmm. is, and it's and that's that's what I tried to build up a little bit. It's the community of of people that share your interest in some of these things. Yes. And and I think I helped make that grow a little bit. Mm-hmm. And certainly the movies didn't hurt anything at all, but getting more exposure to people of what comic books and superheroes are all about. Mm-hmm. I, think every, I think everybody that listens probably would agree that, uh, at least for me, I think this is not uncommon, half of the fun of being a comic reader and a comic fan is being part of a group of people who like the same stuff mm-hmm. that you do in the same way that you do. It's It's, you know... Marvel movies being popular doesn't make that many more comic fans, right? right not really. So, so I, my wife and I at one point talked about moving to be closer to work, and and I said, I guess I'd have to drive all the way back here and get my comics. And she's like, Well, there are comic shops other places. And I said, Yeah, but I don't know those people. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care what they like and don't like. Like, I also I'm almost forty. I don't have time and to meet a whole new crew of people uh, and talk comics. And they're not gonna give you as good as a discount. Well, that's you know that's that's what I told. I said I would just I would just mail order my comics uh, because. What do I care where I get them? If I'm not mm-hmm. buying them from a place where I can run into right. you know, I don't see that many people every week when I'm in here, but you never know if you're going to see the people that you remember from when I worked here or the people yeah. who were customers in, too, or just people that are, that are newer that I've talked mm-hmm. to, too. And I've, I, 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 you and I both, right, have made friends through this yeah, shop. Yeah, you don't, you don't make friends at Target. Right. right. You know what I mean? Not, sure. not guys like us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Maybe we're middle-aged doing cross right. or something, maybe. Or arch enemies, either. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Right. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Everyone so, uh, every once in a while, we come oh, in here and we see people are like, oh, God, that guy. <laughs> yeah. He and I don't like each other. I, just, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I had a few of those. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. But, yeah, it's uh, interesting, you know, because that's a, that's a great point. I mean, I'm sitting here at the table with four people that I consider some of my best friends in the world, and I wouldn't know them yeah. if it wasn't for this yeah. place. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that that's just the way it is. And it's uh, interesting. One of the things that Dennis said, you know, it's one of the viable things in print medium that's still there you know is because comic people yeah reading digitally is okay but you but you know people still that are collectors it's it's that tangible it's that it's collecting that, gene it's that experience I, yeah exactly i, I buy a Paper lot of marvel cuts. and i buy a lot of dc <laughs> but you know this when i buy marvel i i pull them open i rip that digital code off i put it in and then i bag and board my marvel books and put them away i read all my marvel on ipad mm-hmm. and and part of the reason that if I had to cut one or the other, I always lean towards I'd cut Marvel. And I know in my head it's because I physically pick up DC books and read them. Mm-hmm. I flip the pages. And I may like some Marvel books more than some DC books, but the, uh, the idea of when you say reading comics to me, my brain thinks of holding yeah. comics yes. in my hand. And I'm a guy, I have an English degree, I was an English teacher, you'd think that I'd be obsessed with books. I love the smell of books, but I read everything on a Kindle, I don't care. <laughs> books take up too dang much space in my house, I don't need them, but I can't shake that on comics. I need mm, yeah. to physically hold comics um, in my as hand. Far, as far as that goes, I've read several digital comics that I've then bought the print version yeah. of because yeah. I, want, yeah. I want to own them now I in the collection. Oh, this is good. Yeah. I want it. At, one point, at one point, I tried to be a digital only person when I was teaching and I couldn't get in here very often. Yeah. And it was just, I'd come in, things would be sold out. It was just a little easier. It was when New 52 had first started. And right. I'm like, you couldn't get those the first couple of months. Yeah. So I read those digitally and I was like, 
the stories are great. This sucks. I hate this. This isn't a fun <laughs> hobby. And I had to go on eBay and find the issues and then start picking them up from Dennis. Mm-hmm. But I tried real hard because I was like, it'd be so much more convenient oh, yeah. for me. But it's just, well, just it, it doesn't space. feel the same. The space you'd save, like I just spent several hit, days. Have you hit that number yet? Not, not yet. But like <laughs> I just had, I just had to sort quite a few comics over the last week. And uh, at some point, it's like, why do I have all these? I know. You know, it's right. like I, I wouldn't have to have a second bedroom in my house, <laughs> dude. I <laughs> you have. I, mean? I said before we started, I have 14 short boxes of DC stacked up at the end of my dining room. My wife asks me regularly, what are you doing with those books? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where they're going. <laughs> I'm not sure where I'm going to yeah, store them, a, but they're there. As of last night, I've got 79 long boxes yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so, I, in I, my house. Oh, man. So my collection is sprawled between three rooms in my house and two rooms in my mom's house because she's the only one that lives there, so she has extra bedrooms. I have my mom's spare bedroom is full of my Star Wars collection. And uh, I take it back the other way around. My mom's spare bedroom is full of my Disney collection. And my mom's hallway has my Star Wars collection. In it. She just walks past short boxes every day right, of her life. Yeah, so I, I get you. But has every. Has everybody here? Have you you've worked retail? Yeah, you know, yeah. Other, I, I outside in, here. Yeah, I worked before here. Yeah, I worked. Okay, retail. did you ever work retail, Scott? Uh, not no. really. No. Okay. Yeah, because that's one thing that's interesting. You know, is I have worked in a retail environment other than this. You know, and it's just like running this store and having this store, working at this store. It is retail, but it's the only kind of retail I really want to work yeah. because oh, yeah. everybody that walks in that door. You may not read the same thing. You may not have the same taste in it, but there's a everybody that walks in that door, 95 you know, unless they're it, your people. They're you're your gonna people. find a connection. Yeah, yeah you're gonna yeah. find a connection. You you love that the medium is something that if you've not been exposed to it and ha- it's it's hard to explain. You, you know may, what I mean? You may not have anything else in common with yeah. these people yes. that come in the door. Th- that, that's mm-hmm. almost you know what exactly I mean? that's what I, I was gonna say. Was there would be customers that I did not like personally when they were coming. <laughs> for one reason or another would drive me crazy yeah. and uh-huh. then they would pick up a book that I love too and all of a sudden I was like that guy's not all bad <laughs> that guy's got pretty good taste and they might buy the most garbage books they might be the hardest to please customer in the mm-hmm. world they might talk my leg off about annoying crap but every once in a while you'd be like oh well, not all day. I might have misjudged you by just a little bit. Oh, he bought New Frontier right off the right. shelf. He's not too dumb. <laughs> He's okay. Yeah. I mean, it does. It, it really, yeah. like, you associate people with their books, too. I mean, there are mm-hmm. customers that I couldn't tell you their name, but I could still tell you their book. I mean, this happens when I pull books, right? Yeah. Like, I still know whose books go. I can look at them and say, oh, Danny gets this, 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 and this. Uh, yep. And Mike will be like, yep. <laughs> yeah. I remember, but... Yeah, because mm-hmm. it, it, uh, those people are those books in your head. And I think that's the other thing, too, not only about, you know, about retail and if, you know, you want to wax whatever philosophical about the de- the death of retail as it is or whatever, let alone something that's in a specialty market like this. One of the things that I also learned from Dennis and I've tried to do as much as I can is the fact that people, especially comic book people, really appreciate Dennis knew his customers and yeah. knew what they liked. And it may not even necessarily be the same, but, oh, this seems like something so-and-so might like. Put a copy of it in their pullback and just say, hey, I thought you might enjoy that. You know, if you don't like it, just bring it back. No problem, whatever. It is the hardest thing 
for me about helping you do the orders right now. We mm-hmm. just talked about this before the podcast started. Yeah. That my ability to read the well, there are X number of people who are willing to take a flyer on this kind of book. I don't have that read anymore like I did mm-hmm. when I worked here because that's how he and I ordered was, well, mm-hmm. we knew, like, I, I mean, I'll say my name because he was such a great customer, but we knew Gary Weems would pick <laughs> up any new superhero book that looked like it had the art. We knew the art style he liked. If mm-hmm. it looked like that, Gary's going to get Just that. Put it in his back. Yeah. And he would get it and be like, what's this? And I'd say, I think Dennis, I thought you'd like it. And he'd be like, I bet I will. And, then, and, and uh, the, next, the next week he'd say, put that on my pull list. Yeah. And his pull list would just continue yeah. to grow. But mm-hmm. You knew, you know, you knew who was, uh, if somebody put all X-Men titles, you knew which people mm. that meant all X-Men titles and yeah. which ones that meant all the ones that matter. Right. And they may say all, but like, uh, uh, some people mean that more than so other people. And there was all. like a, there's a subtle art that you needed the, the, the touch, you know, yeah. to know what they meant by that. Yeah. And yeah. that's, and that's knowing your customer. Yep. That's yeah. having that interaction, which is something that's lost. And, yeah. you know, and, it's just... and the throw in the extra book of the list, it's like. I can count on one hand how many times you did that with me mm-hmm. personally, but it wasn't a frivolous thing. Each time, those were great books, uh-huh. you know, whenever you did that. Yeah, right. well, you know I, I mean? think not, at that point... You weren't trying to sell more books. I, I wasn't just really... really and and I wasn't that. reading that many books, yeah. really, because uh-huh. a lot yeah. of times I exactly. counted on, on some of you guys to tell me yeah. what was good. Well, mm-hmm. And then I could recommend it based on your thoughts on mm-hmm. it because mm-hmm. I wasn't reading them. When, but when, I knew they were probably damn good books. When you and I were here together, it kind of... it was You and I were like a Venn diagram when we were here together that there were the people... People who lean towards books that only I would know, and there were people who lean toward books that only you would know, and then there were those rare few where you and I could each talk to them about. And so, like Mike Atchison was sort of like in that middle. Mike yeah, Evans was yeah, in that middle, yeah. where we're like, oh yeah, they had th- like things that only Dennis would know, and more modern things that Matt would know. And uh, yeah, it, it's you know, look, you're not going to find anybody that believes more in capitalism than me. But part of the reason that comics, as you said, it's the last print medium that matters is because Amazon hadn't killed it for the rest of us yet. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, There's, there's no, Amazon can't replicate the, the comic book store experience. Mm -hmm. And people go on about how it can't replicate the bookstore experience, but I don't know. I've been to Barnes and Noble. Amazon's better. Um, I'd rather just get them from Amazon. Nobody's taken, nobody's taken my book to the bathroom as far as I know before I buy it. And not, it's not beat to crap and still marked at retail. But, hey, this book's been flagged. Right. Yeah. yeah. Seinfeld that's right. You get another one. I wasn't thinking about the Seinfeld, but that's true. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, like you can't replicate that by just going to Amazon and clicking a list. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are mail order internet based yeah. comics services too. And it's not quite the same. Yeah. Uh, so if you have a shop, whether it's this one or another one, people tend to go there because mm-hmm. just something about going to the comic shop. Well, that, speak, uh, speaking of this store too, I, you know, we still get people that come in here that have a comic shop in their town, mm-hmm. but they make the drive over here. Yeah. Yep. You know what I mean? So that speaks a lot to what Dennis built, mm-hmm. you know? Yep, exactly. Yeah. And you get a lot of, Man, you guys got a lot more stuff than yeah. my shop does. Yeah. You know? like you get a lot of that. The phrase is always a lot of stuff. Yeah, and that's what they mean, like stuff. And that, it's not that, you got a lot of statues, you got a lot of comics. You guys got a lot of stuff. stuff. Yeah. We do so much stuff. <laughs> we have a lot of stuff. Proudly, yes. And my explanation, they say, they'd say, "Why do you have all this stuff in here?" And I'd say, "Well." You just point out something, and, and he goes, is that new? And I said, no, that's been there for 15 years. Yeah. <laughs> but that, you're, it's a sensory overload when you mm-hmm. come in here, and you yeah. can't, you always, anytime you come in here, you're going to find like something, something new that I mean, you didn't see before. Going mm-hmm. back to my Valiance and Unity Zero store, yeah. I'd worked for you for years, <laughs> and I found them in a case, and I was like, they're covered in dust. I know they've been here the whole time. Oh, my God, how did I not know they were there? And I didn't. So... <laughs> All right. 
Did you get all your questions? I, asked, I got. I could keep going, but uh, yeah. I'll, well, I'll, fire away. No, no, no I've answered all the things I have okay. on my list. So. All right. All right, Matt, you good? I'm good. We'll, I we'll do this again in the 100th episode. There you <laughs> go. All right. Okay. I was going to say in 100 years. Right? Like, what? That's, that's a crappy way to say it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mark it down. It'll be, be about two years. We should issue our episode 100. So. There you go. Yeah. So we'll have an update for we'll everybody. So, All right. So maybe maybe Mike Atchison will get us some questions this I time. I know. There you go. Mike, man, <laughs> I tried, bro. Like, maybe we could give him more lead time and we could get get more people for yeah it. That would be, maybe that tyler would be can man too. up and call into work <laughs> yeah <laughs> man he is sitting there listening to this radio or whatever right now however he's listening to this in the car or right or whatever, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> stupid dan <laughs> i'm not even there to defend myself out. i'm helping you out buddy don't yeah, worry yeah no. <laughs> he talks crap about me when i'm not here too that's it that's <laughs> just how it is yep. But anyway, so, well, I guess if everybody is happy and satisfied, we will call this one done. And uh, we hope you enjoyed listening in. Dennis, thanks so much for coming in. Thanks, thanks. for everything, man. Just thanks for having me. More than that. I loved it. Oh, good. Yeah, it was a, it was a blast as yes. much as I thought it would be. Yeah, so I really think people are going to enjoy listening to it. And if not, I will be shaming people that haven't listened to this episode. Yes. So I don't care if oh, you yeah. listen to any of the others. This one you got to hear. So we'll be well, talking to people. I tell you what, next time somebody comes in asking where Dennis is, even though he's been retired for three years, yeah. you uh-huh. can just point him to this episode. <laughs> there you go. Go check out episode 50. Get all up. Updated. There you go. Two solid hours of dentist time. Yeah. Yeah. Fill you up. Held it. So, Same all right. story. Yeah. <laughs> but always great. Told in a different good. way. Greatest, greatest hits. Good. There you go. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, I guess that'll do it for this 50th episode, a landmark episode of Campus Comics Cast. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. We had a lot of fun. Even if you didn't, we enjoyed ourselves completely thoroughly. So uh, if you want to get a hold of us, of course, you know the store's here at 816B East Main Street in Carbondale, Illinois. Phone number 618-457-6011. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Dan handles that. And we need to, I need to do a better job of doing more social media stuff. So that's something you guys need to hold me accountable for. And, <laughs> and so get more apt at that stuff. So check us out. And Matt. Your contact info? I am Wookie Copilot on every single thing you can imagine. W-O-O-K-I-E-E-C-O-P-I-L-O-T. Uh, Scott Reed, you can find me at bergcomics.com, B-U-R-G comics.com. And I'll be at, well, this one, never mind, because we're posting this one later, so I can't talk about conventions. So oh, never okay. Mind. Never mind. <laughs> All right, yeah. So if he saw you at BergCon, it was great yeah, to was see great you. great to see or, you there. Or, you know, Maryville, Missouri, or, <laughs> or Jackson, or Tennessee, or oh, yeah. <laughs> Carbondale, Illinois for SalukiCon. There you go. So, you know, Dan Brown, I'm online at Detective651 on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, check out my Facebook event where we're going to storm the Fortress of Solitude and get the truth out of Superman. Oh, no. <laughs> Finally! Oh, right. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Facebook? Yeah, what? sure, why not? No. Nah. <laughs> That's how I know he's a liar. I know, I was going to make another joke about him. And if you look for him on Facebook, Dan's one of those people that you think might be a serial killer. Because he doesn't have one. So, but What's he's he here. got to hide? <laughs> Don't worry about it. But, yeah. <laughs> no comment. But, uh, but yeah, then most of the Saturdays at yeah, the store Saturdays here for Dan. Store. Yeah, so... All right. Well, I, Dennis, any final parting words of wisdom you'd like to bestow upon us? 
Buy more comics. There you go. <laughs> I like it. I will echo those sentiments. All right. Well, no, thanks. slacking off. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us, everybody, and we hope you enjoyed it. And until next time, we will talk to you sometime, I guess. I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. Well, this is from the future anyway. There you so. go. So <laughs> my mind's in a time warp. Yeah. So see you later. God's right. sake, check Dennis's. <laughs>